Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, Kale Gundy joins us for an interview and we cover a lot. We bring you the latest OU football news, including some former Sooners getting paid in NFL free agency, and we finish with our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's beautiful Wednesday, March 15th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack, blackjack match, roulette, and Teddy's favorite, craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of March, all you got to do is visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now we're recording this Wednesday morning. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Ted Lehman, this is the 300th episode of this podcast that we've done, and that is hard to believe, my friend. I know it. Who would have thunk? 300 episodes. Incredible, right? That's a, that's a lot. That's a it, lot. That is a lot. Hopefully people can take time between binging episodes of Ted Lasso to listen <laughs> or watch on YouTube. You know, that's my hope. That's what I'm, and I think some people are going to want to hear what Kale Gundy has to say. I, for, for the 300th episode, I think this is, uh, one of the best interviews we've had. Yeah. We, we cover a lot with, with coach Gundy, but let's get to the OU football stuff. And we talk about this a lot in college football. Now, a, a lot of things matter in recruiting. Right. You've you've certainly got the relationship piece of things. Location still matters a lot, but NIL now plays a big role. But in my opinion, when you're when you're talking about elite prospects, the number one tool in recruiting is can you get me to the NFL drafted high and get me paid? And some former Sooners 
got paid this week with the start of uh, NFL free agency. How about our guy, Ben Powers? Man, mm. a four-year, $52 million deal with the Denver Broncos. Got $13 million as a signing bonus. $28.5 million of that is fully guaranteed. And, th- hey, if you're going to pick a season where everything comes together for you as a player in your NFL career, it it's nice when it's right before you become a free agent. And that's exactly what Ben did, man. He had an awesome season, started every single game for Baltimore, and he was rock solid, man, and he got rewarded. Yeah, that's that's typically how it happens. Like, oh, my God, this is a contract year for me. I better blow this thing out. Uh, guys spend a, you know, way more time in the offseason preparing, focus, attention to detail and he's just a he's just a grinder tough physical dude that uh you know is incredibly reliable so geez that's a you know I don't know that I I would have thought that he was going to be a successful pro but he's been better than than I, I I expected and you know and I expected him to be good so I, I I'm uh I'm really impressed with what he's done and dude I'll tell you that like the teams that he were he was on at OU they're really starting to add up some serious cash in uh in NFL deals recently. Yes, and as that serious cash adds up, you add more bullet points to the recruiting graphics, baby. Right. Let's go. That's right. Man, there if you I don't know how it compares because there's a lot of teams that have um, a, a ton of NFL players, but I mean, OU has some of the biggest contracts out there at some different spots. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And just one more thing about Ben. I mean, he's still a relatively young guy, right? I think he's like 26, probably be 27 during the season. And just a reminder, offensive linemen, Right, that grown man strength starts coming in around 28, 29, right? And that in yep. my opinion, if you're able to stay healthy in your career, that that's really when an offensive lineman is at his best in, in that window from kind of 28 to 31, 32. So I Ben's best ball may be ahead of him. And now I think I I know Sean Payton's system, right? I was there in New Orleans for a little bit and and got to play in that offense and I think I know this. Sean Payton loves him a mauling guard. Like <laughs> absolutely loves him a mauling guard. So I I think his his time in Denver, if he can stay healthy, which is always the key, but I I think he could have a really successful stint there, right? Needs to have a really good first two seasons so that he can reap the benefits of the back end of that contract. But get to protect Russell Wilson. I we'll see, man. But I I'm fired up for Ben. I'll tell you what's crazy. It's not very long ago that this is like a quarterback contract. 13, That's so true. <laughs> $13 million a year for a guard. Like, not too long ago, that's like unheard of. And I'm not talking like 20 years ago. I'm talking like single-digit years ago, this is a quarterback contract. Ben Powers kind of looks like a quarterback. <laughs> no, he is. I mean, he is. When you think offensive guard, he is exactly what you think of. And I would pay money because Ben's a different dude now, right? Developed a good relationship 
with him while he was playing at OU when I started doing the radio stuff or a radio broadcast with you, Ted. And he's a different cat. I would I would pay good money to see his interactions with Russell Wilson. Oh my gosh. I would pay. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. I no, I cannot imagine. I can't. It's gonna hey, be Russell, great. Russell Wilson needs to go a long way in winning that team back. Oh, no doubt. Especially those guys on that defense. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. But hey, Sean Payton, he he built the offensive line. He invested a ton of resources in the offensive line during his tenure in New Orleans. Looks like he's doing the same there in Denver because they they played Mike McGlinchey too to be their right tackle. I mean, they paid, paid him. So I I'm going to be watching the Broncos a little carefully, a little more carefully now with, with Ben Powers there. Well, hey, it's a line of scrimmage sport, Gabe. Correct. Has not changed. Has not changed. Speaking of that, Oboe got paid. Oboe Alcaraquo signs a three-year deal, $19 million with the Cleveland Browns. I know OU fans you thought you were done having to cheer with cheer for Cleveland, and they just keep they just keep adding no you guys to the roster. I'm sorry, but you look at the contract; he has a chance to make up to 22 million dollars. I assume that's if he hits some incentives. 12 and a half million guaranteed in the deal, and you know Oboe sneakily, like quietly, had a really nice back half of the season for the Texans last year. I think it was five sacks in his final six games, all kinds of pressures, QB hits, uh, career high in tackles and pressures. So this just in, if you could affect the quarterback, people will pay you a lot of money, Ted. I, I'm fired up for Oboe. This is this is great. Yeah, and he's got great tools, really long arms, got good strength, and, you know, he, whenever he was out there in LA, he got, you know, it was hard for him to get on the field, but he got to learn from some really, really good players, was coached really well. Uh, I know, I knew his D line coach played with him. Uh, so he was coached well. And it was just a matter of time before he found a spot where he was going to be able to get on the field and, and, you know, have a really productive year. And he hit that and was able to cash in. It all just came together at the right time. Yeah. And now he's once again another different dude, but I gets to be reunited with some other OU guys. That'll be I assume that'll be fun. And anytime you have Miles Garrett on the other side, Ted, you are gonna get some one-on-one opportunities. I would not be shocked if Oboe has a career year in 2023 because Offensive lines are going to be paying a lot of attention to 95 on the other side. Full slide. Let's see. Full if, uh, slide. Yeah, we'll we'll take our chances end. with Oboe. <laughs> so he, I, I really do think as a situational pass rusher, he's going to be a really good spot. Uh, yep. I think he's, he's going to be in a good spot to rack up some stats and maybe hit some of those incentives. Okay. The latest on Baker Mayfield kind of quiet right now. But Tom Pelissero tweeted that the Bucks are pursuing Baker. Several other teams are also interested, but Tampa does seem to make a lot of sense, right? You you got to imagine Baker wants a realistic chance to be a starter. And, you know, when you look at Tampa's situation, all he has to do as things stand right now is beat out Kyle Trask 
And also, I was looking at the Bucks roster, and I know Mike Evans has been, I mean, in fantasy football, people know this. Like, he is, he's up and down, man, with all the injuries. Easter famine. But they got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage. Like, they still got some dudes at wide receiver. So, I, I, I don't know if that's where he ultimately he ends up, but it's always good to be wanted, man. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think there's a pretty strong, like, kind of secondary market out there for some quarterbacks that have been starters at some places and uh, still have some some solid years under their belt. And it d- just depends on what teams can make the right signing to get the most out of their their rosters. Like, I don't, like, I don't know that anyone, like, uh, Matt Ryan's now on the open market and obviously Baker, you've got a handful of guys. Like, I don't know that anyone is just going to take the league by storm, but I think there's good players that are going to get some of these teams that have good rosters, you know, kind of bridge the gap to where, where they can eventually pick up a franchise-type guy. Yeah, and one one interesting note about Tampa Bay and – Baker's possible fit there. Todd Bowles hired Dave Canales to be their offensive coordinator. He was the QB coach in Seattle last year for the resurrection of Geno Smith's career. And remember, Geno Smith just got paid. Now the contract structure is interesting, right? It's very, we'll see how much money he ends up making of that big contract he just signed with Seattle. But I looked at that and went, hey, can Canales do something similar for Baker's career with where he's at currently. So I lot a lot of movement of the pocket in that offense, a lot of bootleg, a lot of waggle, waggle at four, waggle at five type stuff. So I don't know. It could, could be a really good fit, man. I I kind of I kind of think I am I'm fully sold on Baker Mayfield to the Bucks. Yeah. Well, that would be uh I think that'd be a really good landing spot. And again, you never know what might happen. Like it's just dangerous enough of a roster to be able to maybe make some moves uh, and do some because, like, like we've said multiple times on here, that division is it's up for grabs. Right? I, I still think that pretty much anyone has a chance to win that division. Yeah, NFC South. You, no faith in Derek Carr. Look at you. Well, hater, Derek Carr, hater. I I think that there's a chance that that could work, but I don't think that they're going to be a juggernaut. I agree. I agree. Okay, last guy, Sterling Shepard, uh, one of our favorite, right? Signs one-year deal with the Giants. And, and Field Yates put a tweet out there, says it's for a base salary of $1.165 million with a little over 38000 for each game. He is active. It's just Hey, it's just been a rough couple of years. For Sterling health-wise, right? We we all know what he's capable of when he's healthy, but you've got the Achilles two years ago, the ACL last year. But, man, I'll say this. Eight years as a wide receiver, eight seasons with one organization is special stuff. Yeah. Bottom line. And uh, I'm hoping he gets, you know, the rehab goes extremely well. He gets back on the field. He's out there making plays because – he does feel he he's Mr. Giant now for yeah. that organization. Like he is, he's their he's longest the tenured player. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. the old man on the team. So I was, I was really glad that he was able to stay there in New York. No, that's good. Yeah. He's uh, it's so tough. Like, you know, once the, uh, 
once the body you you have a surgery and it's just so hard to fit it all back together and stay healthy so i'm just hoping he can uh he can pull it all together stay healthy for a full year and who knows what happens after that yeah all right let's get to call your shot we asked you guys what ou football news had you the most fired up this week and the majority of of the responses were along the lines of this one from Chris Peterson, who is at Ninja Pastor 777 on Twitter, which just is a phenomenal Twitter <laughs> handle. I love that. Chris says, has to be the Kevin Sperry commitment. Yeah, it's early, but it's a QB and seems solid for him and his parents. What's apparent is BV and crew are stacking classes, exciting days ahead. Now, I I don't know a ton about Kevin Sperry, right? But he's a 2025 quarterback. OU had only offered a couple of QBs in that class, and he jumped on that offer. And I, I watched the highlights. It not that doesn't look like the biggest guy in the world, but I'll say this, man. He looks like he'd be entertaining as hell to watch play football at Oklahoma, which you and I, we're here for the entertainment, baby. So I... I love that he was so fired up and jumped on that commitment. His family said just incredible things about Brent Venables and OU at guy loves Levy. This is, you know, 2025 is a long way away, but Hey, you got a quarterback already. That's, that's usually a good sign to stack a really nice recruiting class together. No, it is. And I, here's what people have to remember. I, I don't like you. I, I don't know much about Kevin Sperry. But the kid just completed his, what, sophomore season? So the player he was this past fall is not going to be anything like the player you're going to see this coming fall and the fall after that. Like The amount of growth that he's going to have between now and that point, I mean, he's listed at 6'1", 200 pounds right now. Like, maybe he stays 6'1", but he may be two inches taller put on 15 or 20 pounds, uh, you know, his athleticism is going to, he's going to continue to get faster and stronger at this point in his life and develop all of those skills. So uh, if he's already showing great signs at this early of an age, who knows what he could be in two years. Yeah. And who knows where Jeff Levy will be in two years. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. it. If Levy's still at OU in 2025, that would be awesome. I think, think but my hope is OU's offense the next two seasons is unbelievable and when 2025 rolls around Jeff Levy's a head coach I I don't know what that means for Kevin Sperry's future I have no idea but I was just thinking about it like for the program as a whole and this may sound weird I don't think it would be a great sign if Levy's still in Norman in 2025, like not with what we want to happen in these next two seasons, does that make sense? Am I being selfish? Um, no, it's just, it's just the facts, right? We had the worst season we've had in what, 25 years. And there were rumors that Jeff Levy was going to Georgia and Alabama and the TCU and who knows where else. That was after we went six and seven. I think we're going to have a much better season this year. And I think the following season, the 24 season is whenever you're going to see 
like what Oklahoma has to offer for the first time, like big time. Like that's whenever everything's kind of, you know, building to that point. So like I feel confident that he'll be there for the 24 season, but if that season goes the way that I think it has the potential to, at least uh, looking at it right now, it's going to be very difficult to hold on to him. Yeah. Which is what I, you want though, right? That's that, what you want. That's what you want. But yeah, the only other recruiting thing, that David Stone video of him on campus got a lot of traction, dude. Yeah. That is, I, I think OU's in a really good place for him, but I am, um, it's going to be a very long recruitment process of David Stone, I fear. Yeah. Now, and I know he went to IMG, but he's a Dell City kid, right? Yeah. We say it all the time. You got to keep the best players in Oklahoma home. And this is a guy that is one of, if not the top defensive lineman in the class of 2024. Got to find a way. Find I'll a just way. leave it at that. We got to find a way. Find a way. I feel like this is this is going to be a recruitment where I I don't care if he's committed to OU, if he's committed. I this one is going to be tracked until the eleventh hour. I on on signing day. I feel like this is going to be like the last one we hear about. You you and I aren't going to believe it's happening until we're on the signing day show desk and we get the approval from the administration to yes. talk about him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pretty wild. I, I, I think it's going to be that type of deal, but you know, Hey, uh, entertainment, let's just buckle up for the ride. Yeah. If OU can land him and Williams Winery, sheesh. Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's, those are some building blocks for an sec defensive line right there, man. Yes, that's, sir. that's what it looks like. All right. Birthday shout outs. Happy sixth birthday to Benjamin Delaccio. Happy 10th birthday to Andrew Foster. Happy 10th birthday to Lawson Prevost. Happy 35th birthday to Tim Shirley. Happy 36th birthday to Mark Nichols. And happy 49th birthday to Mika Feinstein. Nice. I I feel like Lawson Prevost, Lawson Prevost. Prevost. I say Prevost, but I, you know, I could be wrong. All right. Now let's talk to our man, Kale Gundy. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Love's Connect app unlocks exclusive deals and help and can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Loves Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Loves Travel Stops. Loves also has you covered if you forget, forget your phone charger or headphones with an expanded mobile-to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamore. Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma Breakdown merchandise and is the best place to get your OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. If you want to live your life in buttery self-comfort, go to opolisclothing.com, 
That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. And make sure you head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and Mm. ice-cold beer. The food is fantastic, and it is the perfect spot to watch any big game. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you, or you can order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, here's Kel Gundy. It is our pleasure to be joined by a man that pretty much has been in the lives of all OU fans out there. Kale Gundy is in the house. Coach, how we doing, man? How we feeling? Man, I'm I'm doing great. It is uh it's awesome to be on here with you two guys. Um, appreciate all you guys do still with the university and and uh, still being a part of everything and continue to to uh, build this Sooner brand. Absolutely. Now we want to cover a lot with you, right? <laughs> you were a player there, you were a coach there forever, but we got to start with with the uncomfortable stuff, right? Yeah, and. Your your resignation has been discussed a lot nationally, uh, has certainly been discussed a ton here locally, but what what do you want people to know about that incident and, and how things played out afterwards? Well, you know, obviously we're trying to trying to move on and move forward from it. Um, I, I think people know it. It's pretty simple. It's it, it is what it is. Um, it, it, it went down exactly the way it went down. And, um, you know, I, I've, it's, it's amazing. Um, I don't think I've told you guys, but, um, I, I mean, I can't go anywhere. I mean, 20 times more now than, than when I was a coach. Um, but I mean, I, I can be in another state. I can be an airport. I mean, I was out of the country. I could be at a gas station, uh, Costco. Um, I mean, people just constantly coming up to me. I mean, everywhere, just out of nowhere, just to just to say, Coach, appreciate you. Thanks for everything you've done for us. You know this and that, and 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 you know what? At the end of the day, that's that's what you know. People know who I am. You know, I mean, all my friends know who I am. My former players know who I am. Uh, everybody at that university knows who I am. Uh, there was never any intent. Um, you guys know. You've been with me on the practice field. You've been with me when you've been on the sidelines watching me, I mean, I'm a very passionate person when it comes to uh, practice, when it comes to meetings, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to recruiting. And, uh, you know, I, I just got caught up in a moment, you know, I grabbed an iPad and I read about 15, 20 words and that was it, you know, and that's all that, that, that it took. But um, you know what, things happen for a reason. And uh, I, I'm in a better place right now. I, I am so happy uh, where I am personally. I'm happy uh, with the opportunities that um, I've had to to reach out with a lot of people, um, you know, in 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 Oklahoma, in the United States, and uh, just just love the direction that I'm going in. But you know, the toughest thing, Gabe, I would say it's not even close. It's just the players, you know, being being around those guys, um, developing them every day, and 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 I took great pride in that, and and not just. I mean, football was just a small part of it, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, building the relationships, continuing the relationships, 
you know, with the players and with their families uh, still that I try to do, um, you know, as much as I can still today. That's what I miss. I miss being around those guys. Um, you know, I, I, college football is a little different now or, or it's a lot different. It's kind of going down a different road. And, um, you know, again, I, I just think it's a great timing deal. You know, I spent over, I don't know, 27 years or so, 28 years almost there as a player coach. And, um, I mean, that's a long time. You know, you talk about, you know, somebody did an article, that, you know, the, the guy that's been involved in the most wins as a player coach in, in Oklahoma football history, you know. I I mean, that makes me smile. That's 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 pretty cool, you know. So, um, I hey, I'm, I can go to my grave. People know who I am. You know, my fans know who I am. And, uh, you know, things happen sometimes, and, and, and sometimes you don't like how what they are or, or what comes of it, and you just got to get up and move on. Well said. Well said. I, you know, you, um, you know, you transitioned from a player, you went into coaching, obviously did that for a long time. Now, Gabe and I have gone through this. Uh, curious to see how, how you did, but did you get the, uh, like the wake up and feel like you're supposed to be somewhere during football season all of the time, Saturday rolls around and, you know, yeah. there's games happening. It's like, am I, am I supposed to be in a meeting? Am I supposed to be somewhere? That's like this high level of anxiety trying to uh, get used to, I guess, uh, normal life or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It, it took me probably, I would say two months to, to kind of get over that feeling uh, because, you know, our, our mode is as coaches in that profession, which is a great profession. Uh, you know, you get up early in the morning and you go to work, you work all day and you come home and, you know, and, you know, depending on what time it is, seven, eight, nine o'clock and, you know, you see your wife or, you know, my kids are gone now. So um, you go to bed and you wake up and do it again. And, and you, you get in that cycle, you get in that mode forever. Um, but it hit me about two months. I got outside of it. I, I finally, I was like, you know what, this is, this is different. And um, I think I was, I was, uh, I put something out on social media. Um, I was with my wife, we were shopping. Uh, it was a Saturday morning before I think the, um, the OU OSU game, maybe, you know, and I was at Walmart, you know, I'm getting ready for Thanksgiving instead of, you know, not being at the stadium, you know, so, um, but it, it, again, it, it took me a couple months and, and also, uh, you know, I've told people something that I've felt, um, you know, people used to tell me all the time, man, you've got so much um, pressure on you, you know, and you've got all this built up and, and uh, I, I never thought that I was like, no, I, are you kidding me? I mean, I shoot, I, you know, I'm, I work at the university of Oklahoma. We win championships. I've got great players. I've got a great wife, beautiful kids, my family. I mean, you know, I'm, uh, I make good money, get a great salary. I mean, everything was perfect, you know? And, um, but after, you know, getting out of it a couple months away from it, I, I woke up one day and I really felt like everything just, you know, was lifted off my shoulders. And, um, knowing that I didn't have to be a part of that every day. And I'm still intact with people, you know, I mean, there's so many coaches up there uh, that reach out to me and, and great friends of mine that I go spend time with them on their, with their houses at nighttime. And uh, so I'm still connected. Uh, I still communicate with players. Uh, those guys call me. Um, and uh, you know, so part of me is still there. I, I know you said that, and I, I love hearing it that you are, you're really happy where you're at personally. 
Like I'd assume some people have reached out. Like what, what is coaching again on the table for you? Is it a never say never situation for you? Like how do you feel about the possibility of coaching again? I would say it's a never say never situation, <clears throat> you know? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm 50 years old right now and, and, uh, you know, somewhat kind of getting somewhat on the back end of, of, you know, your, your life a little bit, kind of starting to kind of got to the top of the hill and starting to kind of come downhill a little bit. Uh, even though I still feel very young, I'm still extremely active. Um, you know, I just, I, uh, having the opportunity to, um, step away from this and to, uh, get around so many more people and to really truly understand there's such a bigger world out there than what we just do in our life. And, you know, again, you know, it's just like that horse, you've got those blinders on and that's what, that's what I had. And I think that's what most coaches have. They know there's other things out there, but they don't really truly understand it. And when having the opportunity to step away and to get around a lot of these people shake a lot of hands, go to lunches, go to dinners, see these people that are in other, um, you know, businesses, companies, uh, you know what, it's pretty cool. And, and I really, really like it. And I, and I, I really want to, um, you know, if you ask me right now, what am I going to do? I, I have some ideas, um, but I, I think I want to do several different things. I just don't want to have to wake up at seven 30 in the morning and go to work from eight to five. I'm not going to do that. Um, unless something great came along, but, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to just do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, just really enjoy my life, uh, from here on out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, that is interesting. You know, you get – you all. everyone always wonders when you see a football coach out there like, what do you talk about other than football, right? And yeah. you're right, there's uh, a lot of other stuff going on. You said something interesting. Uh, college football is going down a different road now. Yeah. I, I'd love to hear your opinion, your take on, on everything that's gone down over the last couple of years, NIL, transfer portal – um, you know, a handful of rule changes. And I know you, you've always been a guy more so maybe than anyone that is in the player's corner. So I'm curious to hear is, do you think some of these things are good thing for players? Do you think it's a bad thing? Like I, I don't, I, I struggle what to make of it at times. I, I think it's uh, I think it's a little bit of both. And um you know, with, with the, with the NIL side of it, I, I think it's a, a great thing. I mean, hey, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm jealous. I couldn't be a part of it. You know how much money I could have made in this deal? How much money you guys could have made in this deal? Damn it, uh, Kale. I, I would have made like $12, but it would have been 12 <laughs> more dollars than I made. You would have spent those at Brothers probably. Yeah, um, Brothers but, and Logies. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, what I worry about with the NIL um, is, you know – and I've always, 
you know, before this came around, when I was always coaching, I always talked about, I mean, you got to have a plan, the, the importance of your academics and the importance of uh, doing things right and staying out of trouble and shaking hands and getting around people so you can have opportunities once you get out of college, you know, to help you someday. You, we all know the very, uh, you know, the less than 3% play in the NFL coming out of college. Um, what I worry is, is we, we're, you know, we're really making a big deal of giving, 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 and they have their hands down and, and wanting, 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 but, the day that they leave that that college campus, whenever they graduate or they leave from there, when they enter the real world, there ain't nobody going to give them a damn thing. As, as we know in life, the real world is really, really rough and, and really don't care about you or your feelings or, or anything. I mean, you got to fight, scratch and claw. So now you're going to be, you know, when you when you go to that that, um, um, you know, when you go to interviews and stuff like that, you're going to be competing against everybody in the whole country. You know, uh, so I just I just want to make sure that they understand that that's just not how life is going to be, because it, it is going to be tough on, on the other side. And um, that's the only thing that's the major thing I worry about with the NIL. Um, I'm all for helping them out. And, and as long as, you know, universities are helping them out and paving the way to help them invest that money and take care of that money, um, you know, I, I think there were some better ways to kind of help this stuff. I, I wish, you know, the, the, the NCAA would have came out and said, you know what, here's what we're going to do. Every month we're going to give everybody $2,000, okay? Just kind of start start with the $2,000 stipend. And and if they would have done that, you guys know this, you'd have been as happy, you'd have, you'd have been the richest person in the world. You know, $2,000 a month, 2000 in October, 2000 in November, 2000 in December, January, and so on. I mean, the, I don't think you would have heard anything else everybody would have been as happy as all get out you know so i just i'm concerned that we just open it up so much it's just going to be hard to retract um and then the transfer portal stuff um you know that that was probably one of my best areas was being a recruiter and what i worry about in the transfer portal world is this um when you when we recruited players you know, we recruited guys when they were sophomores, juniors, seniors. Nowadays, they're recruiting them as ninth graders, sophomores, juniors, seniors. Um, the the relationship that you built with them over a three, four year period before they came to your campus, meaning uh, the, them players coming to your camps, you go in to watch them practice in spring and in the fall. You go into their games, you meeting their family, their families coming up to watch games. You being able to have those relationships, all the phone calls you have over those three or four per year periods. Nowadays with the transfer portal, you go back, I promise you, I, I, and I don't know the number, but however many people, I'll just say Oklahoma, since we're here, you know, how many players did they get in that transfer portal? How many of those players did they know before December? How many of those players did they have? You know, occasionally you may have recruited a young man um, that, that, uh, out of high school that ended up going somewhere else where you had a relationship with. But I don't think there's, you know, you know, one or two of those players at the most that any of the coaches had a relationship with that felt good and knew, knew who they were as people, how they, how they, how they were off the field, uh, how, how much they were committed, their work ethic, their sacrifice. Um, they're, you know, the transfer portal, you're just finding guys on film and then you're, you're calling them and then you go in that staff meeting and, you know, okay. So Gabe Eichert, Hey, we like him. He's a good player. He can probably come in and fit. So 
as coaches, the, who's the first person do you think they call? I'll ask you guys. Who do you think is the first person they call to find out anything about a, a, a gay biker or, or a Teddy Lehman who's playing at Nebraska or Penn State? Who's the first person you think a coach from OU would call? Well, I would I would think his position coach, but I don't know how likely you, you are to get a hold of that guy. Bingo. Or, yeah. Bingo. So, so – there's going to be a small percentage of coaches that have those relationships that can call somebody at another school because that kid hadn't left yet. So that coach most likely may be trying to keep him at his place. So the the next answer is you call his high school coach. Okay. That's the, that's the next person you call. But when you call the high school coach, I, I did this a long time, 99% of the times he's going to tell you, Oh, he's a great kid. He's a hard worker. He's a good student. He's got great character, this and that, da, 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 you know? So, I just worry we don't we don't know anything about these guys, and 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 we're just grabbing people to fill in spots, and um, to me that's challenging. That's what I worry because then you're you know you talk about building a culture, you're talking about bringing the right players in for your team. You can't you're, you're not doing that in the transfer portal world. You're really not doing that. So. And, and I love how humble you are about your recruiting chops, but you were you were a little more than just good, okay? <laughs> you 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 were known as OU's ace recruiter for a long, long time. You landed, I mean, some of the best recruits in the history of the program. What do you think? Like, what did you do, or what, what do you think you did that made you such an effective recruiter? The relationships the relationships and, and, and the continued talk about um, w- what this place was really, really like, you know, I, 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 it just, I mean, you guys know, I mean, that, that place is a tough place to play at. Uh, yeah. There's tons of success, but you know, the, all the pressure that's put on us every single day as coaches and players, because everybody that's an OU fan thinks you should win every single game and win a championship every single year. And, and that's a lot of pressure on us or coaches, uh, players, um, just added pressure to play at the University of Oklahoma, you know. But it, it goes back to relationships, man. I mean, just get, getting deep down in there and, and, and having a great relationship, not only with the player, but whoever that is. It, does he have that mom and dad in his life? Is that a grandparent? Um, is it a brother? Is it a sister? And, and just, you know, just talking to them about what I can do for you on the field, what this place can do for you on the field, and what this place can do for you off of the field. But constantly talking to them about uh, the challenges that you're going to face when you come to this place. I try to make it as real as possible. And I, I prepped them. I think, you know, another thing that I believe coaches need to do in this, especially it's even more challenging this this transfer portal world is this, when you recruit a young man in high school, you need to make sure that, that he knows his mom knows dad, grandparents, coach, whoever it is, you're going to go through hard times here. You're going to go through times where you're, you're maybe not going to be the guy, or you may have to be on scouting that whole first year. And you guys know that you guys know that that first six months is the most challenging from these guys because they have been the very best player or the second best player on every single team their whole life. And then all of a sudden they just get slapped in the face. So you've got to prepare them for the, the, the hard moments. You've got to prepare them 
and prepare their families. So when that young man's sitting in that dorm room in October and he's been in scout team for about six weeks and, and getting his butt chewed out and he's with Smitty just getting cranked on every morning down there in that weight room and he's going to call his mom or that coach and say, you know what, these guys aren't treating me any good. I don't like it. I want to get out of here. That mom or that coach needs to say, hey, you know what, Coach Gundy told us there's going to be days like this. You keep your butt there and you'll be all right. But most people just say, no, 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 let's, you know what, that's probably right. Let's transfer. Let's go do something different. And as I, and you guys know, it ain't, that's not how it works. It's just going to be just as hard on the other side or at that other school, you know? So I think there's some, the relationships in the recruiting process. And I think there's some certain things that you can do in, in, in being honest and just, you know, um, you know, having that background of, of being able to produce players and, and, and have championships and, and go in the big picture, just not going to the football side. I got to tell a, a quick recruiting story. Um, so this would have been the spring of 1999, which I don't know. Uh, Coach Stoops was hired in what, December of 98. When did you show up at OU? December 98. So you were there right, right at the same time. Bobby Jack, Bobby Jack, and then me came in and Smitty. Yeah. So I was uh, I was a junior in high school, and small town wasn't getting recruited by anyone. Um, was lucky enough to go to uh, got invited to Oklahoma State's junior day, and then I came to I, I knew Seth the Trail, so I bugged yeah. him. You know, put enough into his ear for so he finally went up. I think he went to Maddie or someone, and I got invited to OU's junior day. But I went to Oklahoma State's first, and it was the week before my dad and I went. We stood there. We didn't talk to anyone. We talked to one coach who basically came up and told us that ah, most of the kids here will never play Division One football. And we kind of looked at each other. It's like, is he telling us something? Uh, but I went to OU's junior day the next week and I'll never forget I was nervous I I knew what happened last time I was kind of expecting the same thing and I walked in and I was I didn't walk in the door three seconds before you said Teddy Lehman come here I want you to meet our linebacker coach and like me and my dad looked at each other we're like oh my god it was just that, just that knowing my name was yeah. like the, the most, like I was locked. It didn't matter what else happened at that point. Like that's where I was going. A coach at OU knew my name. It was just the fact that, you know, that attention to detail. Some right. small town Oklahoma kid walks in the door and you knew who he was. I mean, I think just it boils down to goes, it goes all the way down to the bare minimum, right? Yeah, that's right. Do you, do you just know people's name and remember people's names. And, 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 you know, people take that for granted and say, oh, yeah, coaches should know everybody's name. But there's a lot of people in the room, you know, and then yeah. and then, you know, it's just not that there's just three guys that walked in the door. There's you know, going to be 30 guys or 50 guys or 60 guys. And then they have families and and possibly the high school coaches that come in. Uh, but I, I think what you said is exactly right. It's just it's the details that I mean, it everything matters. Every little bitty thing matters in, 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 you know, you, you can lose, you can lose a, a recruit just, I mean, just like that for just one word, something that you say that turns him off. Um, you know, I, I used to, 
obviously it wasn't back then, but you know, once social media came around, um, you know, I, I've my social media, I, I, I only follow, I've got a little bit of family on there. Um, and then the rest were, were, were recruits. Um, I didn't have anybody that I grew up with. I didn't have anybody I went to high school with. I didn't have anybody I went to college with. I, I mean, I just really didn't have time, but I mean, I would, I would stay on there and I would, I would go through young men's social media accounts, you know, whether it be Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and try to find, you know, those little details, you know, whether they're good or bad. And if they're bad details, then I need to know about that, you know, and, and maybe as a coach, you got to, you know, you got to go on down the road, but, but the details that, that maybe, you know, what this young man really likes or his family, or does he have a lake house? Or, I mean, is he a basketball player? What kind of music does he like? And um, it, it's, it's just the recruiting world, man. That's, that's what it's all about. So, I'm glad you made this. I'm glad I, I'm glad I came up to you, Teddy. Well, How about that? everyone ignore me on my junior day trip to OU, but I ended up there anyways. So it's okay. It, it's fine guys. It's fine. I get it. I was just a slow tight end down at McGinnis. I get it. I get it. Well, now, you gotta this was spring. This is, uh junior day number one so yeah, everyone um, was like really amped up and uh yeah and, and they trying. they had it rolling a little bit once i they they looked hey, at me and they're like no 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 hey 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 so so you guys you probably maybe you guys know this so we were i was 26 years old uh when when bob hired me uh i was the youngest guy on the staff spurrier junior was i think 27 you know, the, the rest of us were anywhere 28, 30, 31, 32. Um, and I, I'm telling you what, now that first spring living in, um, we lived in those over there on Highway 9, right on the southeast corner of Highway 9 and I-35, those uh, Marriott townhomes or whatever. You know, we, we lived over there. And, I mean, we worked our butt off during the day, and then we had so much fun at night. I swear it was like a fraternity house over there. <laughs> and, I mean, it was – I'm talking every single night, every single night. And uh, I can remember Spurrier, uh, Steve Jr., and Jonathan Hayes. I was a I was a Delt when I went to school down here. So we would go over to my frat house and kind of roam the halls a little bit, kind of hang out with people <laughs> – Oh my gosh, the things that you get so much trouble for nowadays. But uh, man, what a great time! Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I assume a different era with some uh, some different rules. No camera phone, which was uh, which was <laughs> oh, nice. Thank God. Thank God. Now, I got one more recruiting question for you because you've landed some big names over the years. What what's the recruiting win that? you had to work hardest for like that you and maybe that you're most proud of oh gosh well it wasn't joe mixon because joe mixon started calling me which you guys might have heard that story which is an unbelievable story um you know adrian peterson obviously was was you know uh extremely tough but you know what what people don't know uh, i think about his background was his dad had committed here to play basketball um, out of high school and did not end up making it here. So his dad had some sooner ties and in, in liked the University of Oklahoma. Um, you know, DeMarco Murray, it came down to USC and us. Um, the, um, the coach at, uh, oh gosh, I've gone blank. Help me out, guys. Got Seattle. 
um, the Seahawks. Pete Carroll. Yeah, Pete Carroll. Pete wanted DeMarco to play corner. Um, and obviously we wanted him to play offense. So I believe that's why we, we, we landed that deal. That was kind of a no brainer there. Uh, even though I, he would have been a, uh, would have been a legit first round corner just because of his size and his length. Um, <clears throat> you know, Samaje, you know, it, it's probably Adrian Peterson. That's probably the one, you know, obviously you, you guys know the story of, you know, uh, Bob and Daryl White, the receiver coach, and myself going down and seeing his dad in, in the uh, in the penitentiary there. And, uh, you know, a week later, then passing, the, uh, you know, there and the, they passed a, a, a rule or law or whatever that nobody else is going to be able to come in and get his dad out and visit with him. So um, that, that, that did a lot for us to end up signing, you know, one of the greatest players ever play the game. Yeah. It's uh, it's 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 wild how recruiting has kind of changed over the years, and that that goes back to the NIL thing. Like it, it seems like maybe less emphasis now on relationships, and I know that's still a part of it. But uh, no, it's, it's kind of turned into what what can you get me as a as an NIL deal, right? I know, and, and that's tough. And I've told people that you know, I, you know, my whole career as a coach was built on relationships and how can I, it's not, it's one thing if I just been doing this for three or four years, you know, the NIL comes and I need to kind of switch, switch gears and kind of go down that road. But my whole career, um, you know, coaching there 22 years, four years at UAB, 26 years, it was all about relationships. I mean, my life is about relationships. I love people. I mean, I love people. I love shaking hands. I love hugging people. I love getting to know people. I want to know where they're from, what high school they went from, they they went to, uh, what are they doing now? I mean, that to for 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 a coach to have to kind of change his ways a little bit and kind of start going down a different path of how to recruit players or to keep players happy, um, it's just hard to do especially when you've been doing something in, in your whole life, that's just who you are, especially, you know, not only there, but just, you know, uh, uh, away from the field as well. So Kale, I do want to talk to you about the season we just saw from Oklahoma, right? You finished six and seven, clearly uh, very, very disappointing, but for you, what was it like watching those games? Right. Yeah. I mean, you were just on the staff, then you weren't like, and then you're sitting there watching guys you recruited, like all oh, this. What, what was that experience like for you sitting and, and watching the 2022 season? That that was hard. That was really challenging. Um, you know, that, that was probably the most challenging part of it. Uh, you know, I know Teddy uh, hit on it a little bit earlier, just about, um, you know, not, not being up there on him, you know, uh, you know, every day with those guys, but, um, I was, you know, Co- Coach Switzer. I've been fortunate. Coach Switzer reached out to me um, the following morning after all my stuff went down uh, back in August, and um, you know, he's he's allowed me to to uh, be around him a, a, a bunch uh, here over the last several months, which has been awesome. I mean, I mean, we all know him as a king. I'm gonna tell you what. I mean, I knew him as the king. That dude is really the king. You can't go anywhere in the United States when that man walks in the door. Everybody knows who he is, uh, but he allowed, he's allowed me to spend a lot of time and um, and come to the games and sit in his suite. And to be honest, 
Um, I, I, the home games, I really don't watch very much because up in the suites, I typically go up and down the hallways and I'm just shaking people's hands. And I know so many people that have boxes up there and just kind of getting to know people and get around people. I literally maybe watch 10 plays a game, the home games. Now the away games, um, you know, sitting at the house and watching them, man, it is tough. It is really, really, really tough, but just so, just so happy and, and excited for, for the guys, um, you know, and again, I know it was challenging what they went through. They they are not a six and seven team last year. I mean, no, that 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 team should have won at the at the very least eight games, at least eight games. That 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 team is a nine ten win team last year. Um, so hopefully they'll get whatever the problems they had, which you know seems to be quite a few. Hopefully they can get those things uh, fixed and. Um, because I mean, it, it, I mean, you go back to look at it. They had all the same talents, the same players that they played the year before with. You know, people used to talk that Lincoln took all of them. No, you go back and look at defensively. I think I think last year, I think somebody was telling me, and you guys might know this, or you could look it up. Seven or eight this past fall, the seven either seven or eight of their leading tacklers were on the team the year before with Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley. So it's, it's, it's still the same players, you know, but for some reason there was a misconnect. Things just weren't very good. And, uh, and it could be anything. It could be anything. In my opinion, it has nothing to do with on the field. My opinion had everything to do with off the field. I think the huge change, the long meetings, um, I, I, I think those guys were wore out. Matter of fact, I know they were, I have had guys, call me and tell me they are just not 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 the physical part of it, but just mentally drained and um and that was early mid part of the season so um but anyways you know they got they're going to go into year two and uh they got to start getting things better here because they're going to here pretty soon you know they're going to get into those heavyweight fights and and uh, when you go to that sec and you know the difference in the sec and the big 12 is you guys know this um you're just you're facing a different opponent. Not that that opponent's going to be much better than the Iowa States or the, you know, the Texas Techs or whatever. But you're going to be facing the the opponents are going to be bigger overall. They're going to be stronger overall. They'll be faster overall. Um, and on a, a weekly basis, you're going to be facing those guys every Saturday. And it's kind of I I, I kind of refer to it's like like heavyweight boxing. You know, you you're going to be fighting heavyweights now that one on one punch can knock you out, not just knock you down. Like in our league, you can maybe get knocked down and you can jump back up to your feet. If somebody punches, you're really good in the face. You can take one punch in the SEC by anybody and it can knock you out. Um, That's going to be the challenge for those guys moving forward. Yeah. Environments are going to be more difficult. Everything. Um, just the, the whole transition, you had the Lincoln, uh, you know, takes the USC job, and then there's the Alamo Bowl. And I, I wanted to ask you about that. You know, you called the plays in that that game, and you know, it had it had been a question that people had asked all a long time, going back forever. Um, does Kale want to be an offensive coordinator? And you've been, obviously, you're in all those meetings, in debt, obviously, B 
beyond capable, but was that a moment where you did maybe think a little bit like this, this maybe be nice. This is something I would like to do, or was it, you know, not, not your thing. I, I don't know. Just curious of how that whole thing uh, felt to yeah. you. Yeah. You know, Teddy, I, I, there's some, I, I can answer that. Yes. And I can answer that. No, and some different reasons. Um, you know, over the years I was off, I was offered three or four coordinator jobs at different programs. Um, but at those programs I was offered those jobs at, they probably, they probably had three or four staffs fired since then, you know? And so I, I knew they weren't right jobs. And, and I was just always one where I wanted to make sure that um, my family was as happy as they could be. My wife was content, which my wife has always said, Hey, I'll pick up and go anywhere. And she, she, she will. But I, I, I wanted my, you know, my son to be raised here. I wanted my daughter to be raised here. I wanted them to be around their cousins, their aunts, their uncles, their grandparents. And in, in the college, in the football world, you can't do that so much. You know, every three years it's, it's, it is every three years they move coaches move and they pack up and go somewhere else. Um, and that was just always important to me. Um, I was at a great place. I was, my family was happy. So I was happy. So I missed on some opportunities and some opportunities where you got to take some chances. And if you go and you do well, then, you know, you next, my next step probably would have been a head coach. Um, it, it just wasn't the most important thing for me. And I think in this profession, it has to be very, very important for you to be willing to do that. And to me, it was more or less, um, I just want the people around me happy. And, um, you know, that, that's why I stayed. I mean, it wasn't because I couldn't do it. I mean, I, I can do it right now. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, I can do several, I can, I can, I can put that roll out there three or four completely different offenses that I've learned over the years from some of the great offensive coordinators and coaches that we've had on staff, you know? So, uh, but I, I do know this and I've said this publicly. I am, I am a big Jeff Levy fan. And, and, and matter of fact, I recruited him. I recruited him out of Andrews High School, Andrews, Texas. And, um, but I am a huge fan of his offense. I love his offense. Uh, it's like Coach Switzer says, it's, it's, just, it's just triple option football. You know, you, you, can be, you can go on the outside and left, you can go in the middle, you can go the outside and the right at any time with all these motions and opportunities to, to spread the ball all over the field. And, and, and you know what? You want to know why defenses struggle? Because of that right there. I mean, it's just you're you're using the whole field from sideline to sideline, and and you know you put people in space, and somebody's got to make a tackle. If you miss a tackle before you know it, it's eight yard gain, and and oh, you struggled with that a lot last year, you know, and that's not going away. That's going to continue to get more and more and more. Um, you know, I you look at the NFL, you notice that the NFL the last couple of years receivers are starting to get smaller and smaller because they're recru- they're they're taking the fastest guys that they can find. They don't you can't care. crush them anymore. You can't yes. crush them and you but they can't they can't run with them. They can't tackle. They don't care if they're 5'4" five, 5'5". Five, five. And it's just it's putting stress on there. So when you find teams that have defenses that that are good or or successful, man, you got a chance to be a championship football team because uh, it's it's hard on defenses nowadays. 
Absolutely. Don't even get Teddy started on the RPO stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Lineman downfield. Oh, my oh, yeah. God, Kale. I have to hear it constantly. Constantly. It's, it's cheating. The complaining. The com- it is. When they're like six yards down the field, it is. Let me ask you this. Here's a simple question, Kale. How far down the field could you be at quarterback whenever you threw the football? Zero. Couldn't cross the line of scrimmage. Or I could, right. but my whole body. But yeah. Right. So that to me tells the whole story of what we're talking about right here. If you're not an eligible receiver, you should not be able to be downfield. Yeah. That's I can see, hey, I can see Gabe right now staying in his stance and keeping his pads low for about four or five yards down the oh, field. Yeah. Play. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could see Gabe. I could, I can picture me being uh, 10 to 12 yards deep playing the hook while Gabe's blocking me, right? That's that's how it is on a on a passing just, play. Just holding the absolute shit out of you. Just, <laughs> oh, I love it. I love now, it. Kel, there's one more thing I want to hit on. And, you know, when, when you resigned, one of my big concerns was, okay, Kale was the guy that kept all the former players in the loop, right? and made sure that we got together, made sure everyone knew what was going on. And I, I my fear was that no one was going to kind of fill that void. <laughs> but you haven't stopped doing it, even though you're not coaching there anymore yet. Well, why, is, why is that so important to you? Why has that always been so important to you? I mean, it's, it's like what I mentioned a couple of times before. It's the relationships. It's people, you know. I mean – I I just you know I I've got uh, I just love people you know and and the players that have come through there that were part of our program and and uh, I mean I I talk to so many guys on a daily basis I shouldn't say on a daily basis but I mean um, I I just you know we 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 had the opportunity to play at one of the greatest college football programs universities ever in the history of this sport and and it it still is and and. Um, that place needs to um, not, not only it needs to continue to be great on the field, but it needs to continue to be great off the field. And that's, that's a lot of different things. That's facilities. Uh, that's the recruiting. Um, that's the former players bringing them back, making them feel welcomed, um, you know, getting them around the team. Uh, there's just so much that, 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 that I believe that, you know, programs need to do in order to be great you know you talk about there's only one well we we'll be the only one in every single one of those categories or if you if you're not you're you're busting your ass off to be the very best you can be in every every single category um so you know you, you mentioned a while ago that just the relationships and and um you know i, I started a deal i i've always wanted to do this and like you guys have, have mentioned that you know, whenever there was something that went on uh, or former players weren't happy, um, it, it was like they they picked the phone up and they called me or they texted me uh, or, Coach, how do I do this? How do I go about doing that? And I've always liked that. I've always won. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't have time to do that. No, I, that's, I'm a little bit different in that way. Um, I, I, I wanted to try to help people out. I was kind of always the middleman of, going to the athletic department or going to the head coach or going to the recruiting person and, and helping people get set up or whatever. So, um, but anyways, we, we, we've, 
had the opportunity to work a deal out this year um, uh, with the Riverwind Casino and um, our spring game social. We're going to have try to get as many former players back this year. Um, really, really targeting you know the guys that since we started there with Coach Stoops back in the '99, and and there'll there'll be guys there back when I played, um, and to continue to build this every single year. Uh, and Riverwind is uh, casinos talked to us about they're going to allow us to do that and uh, would like to make this a huge event. I mean, I've, I've had these conversations. And I've told guys, I said, twice a year, man, you've got to come back to this place. You've got to come back during spring game social, and then you got to come back. We've got to find a game in the fall that everybody comes back and gets around and, and see your former players and meet their spouses and, and see their kid, meet their kids, their children, and, and to continue to build this place um, like, it, like it has been um, you know, the, the, the older former players do a great job of getting around, but you know, the mix in our group in the last 20, 25 years, hasn't done consistently a good enough job. And that's not, that's just not the athletic department or, or the university, but that's just individuals as well. We got to, you know, we, we got to decide to make that trip and take a day or two off of work and come up and get around our buddies. Yep. It's awesome. I think last year's spring game, bunch of guys showed oh, yeah. up and, and hopefully everyone, yeah, I, I think everyone had a great time and yeah. probably thought to themselves let's start making a yearly thing out of this. At least that's that's the hope. You have um th- this could be hard. Like favorite moments maybe as a player or as a coach. And it's kind of hard because I it, you almost view the whole thing as one big moment, right? It's it's yeah. it's kind of hard to 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 pick cherry pick a couple of things out, but uh, there, there are any special moments that that you had that you look back on, and now that you're you're, you're kind of out of it a little bit, you start to reminisce about some of those times. You got any favorites? Well, there's. I would. I'm gonna talk about a few. Uh, obviously, the national championship. Um, you know, that's it's just just so hard. You know, 98 percent of the coaches that coach in college football don't even play in one. You know, and or, or and don't even win one. Uh, to win a, a national championship is is something awesome, and and to be able to do that in the year two, once we had just got there, to really help us, uh, you know, uh, you know, to continue to build, um, you know, our our program when Coach Stoops was a head coach there, and and going through the year the two thousands. I mean, we were we were the team, we were the Alabama, the Georgias in, in the two thousands. You know, I. I, there's some there's some things I wish we could have done a little bit different to allow us to, um, you know, we played in what three or four other national championship games, uh, did not win. Um, but again, I, I we were the team in the in the early 2000s. We we had everything going, and and I, I uh, you know, it's always, you know, you sit here and think about things you'd have done differently. Uh, but I, I think we could have been we could have been a more dominant team. I think we could have won some of those championships if we could have done, done things better, not, not as much on the field, but off of the field um, in the recruiting world and the facility world uh, at that time, which you see the programs doing now, you know, and, um, but, uh, you know, I think that, I, I think, um, you know, those are the things that I, I that I, I, I miss the most. And, um, I've gone blank, Teddy. I've just hit hit a wall. Yeah. You asked the question. I've hit a wall. No, was, uh, just favorite what, what, moments. You mentioned the oh, national favorite moments. championship. I, the, and... the 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 um, away games. I love playing on the road, man. I love yeah. taking our 
our team of 60, 70 players and our staff and going on the road and playing games, you know, because um, Oklahoma is going to get everybody's best. If a, if a stadium holds 50,000 people and they average about 35,000 a game, when Oklahoma comes to town, it's packed. And so those were, I, I love that more than anything. And uh, obviously so much success, but just going in there with us, man, and, and going into that fight and that battle. Um, and, and then having the opportunities, you, you guys remember my son had the opportunity. He was a student coach for four years and, and then he was a GA for two years. So for six years, he was my, he was my roommate on the road for every single away game. And just the, the cool moments that we had together, you know, whether at the Rose Bowls, the Orange Bowls, the Sugar Bowls, Notre Dame's, Ohio State's, uh, I mean, just classic, you know, just uh, because why? Because it's important because family's important with me, you know, um, and then just the, you know, just the some of the Texas games, you know, because people don't know what it's like. They don't know what it's like to be on that team and to, to drive into that Cotton Bowl, you know, years ago, there was really there was security there but I mean you know people used to beat on the bus all the way in uh coming in that 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 fairground before you come off and just the um just a special moment you know uh being a being being with your your team to Is that go more play stressful with. as a player or as a coach you're one of the gosh I don't know how many people have, I have think, been able to experience that very few I think as a coach in my opinion because I I I think you, you the, the older you get, you kind of think a little differently. When you're 18, 19, 20-year-old, um, you, you don't – your mind works a little differently than it does when the older you get. So, But th- I would say those moments, you know, definitely the national championship game, uh, spending time with, with my son and then just playing on the, the road games, man, with, 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 with OU and just our people. Well, why we got you here, and we're talking about national championships – why didn't we keep running the ball in 2003 against LSU? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I, I, hey, I know it. Golly. I know it. LSU, boy. That, that was that, that one stung. That, no doubt. That one stung. That was a, that was a tough one. Uh, well, they're all tough because it's so hard to get there. But that one, um, we, we should have won that one. That one for sure. I think uh, there there's a lot of people out there that that agree with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, last thing I promise, just from hearing you talk about traveling around the state, meeting people, you love relationships, all this stuff. I'm just going to throw this out there and, and see what your reaction is. Governor Gundy, <laughs> <laughs> got a nice so many- to it. I, I've had so many people mention that, uh, you know, I don't know. That's, that may be a little st- stressful, uh, <laughs> you know, looking at uh, Governor Stitt, who's a, a friend of mine, uh, but uh, that may be a little bit more stressful than being a football coach, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, think yeah. I, I think I could win. I think I could win. There's no doubt in my mind I, I would win. I just don't know if I wanted to deal with all that. That's fair. Fair enough. Win Kale. and resign. I mean, that's it, right? Just get the Wait. victory and then step away. <laughs> Prove you no can doubt. Kale, yeah. you're the man. I, I got a feeling this is the first of uh, many appearances that you're going to make <laughs> uh, on this podcast. Uh, appreciate the time, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
Love that guy. Uh, what happened was incredibly unfortunate, but like he said, we all we all know the type of dude he is. No doubt. Yeah, man. He's uh he's Oklahoma football, man. He's he's my earliest memory and you know, still is connected with all kinds of players and coaches and heck, everybody. Everybody knows Coach Gundy. It's uh it's been an unbelievable run that he's had with this university. Yeah, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week. But first Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, students prepare to meet their potential with an individualized academic path that strives for success. Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics where they've won over 100 state championships, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And attention, business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from any insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, You'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. Now, Ted, normally this is the part where I go, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have? Yeah, well, a little, we like to be, we like to be honest with the people that listen and watch this podcast. Your dogs got out in your front yard. <laughs> yes. So we had to briefly, we had to stop recording. You had to go wrangle them. And while you were wrangling them, uh, Baker Mayfield signed a one-year deal for up to $8.5 million with the Buccaneers. And it be I became aware that Samaj P. Ryan signed a two-year deal for $7.5 million with the Denver Broncos. So... We probably sounded like idiots earlier, right? Because most of these people, you know, they don't listen to it right away. They would have been like, wait, Baker already signed with the Bucks. You're a moron. Well, this is us mentioning those two. There we go. Well, hey, um, you're welcome, right, for the dogs <laughs> uh, getting out and running all over the neighborhood. But that's great news. Great opportunity. Uh, you know, Samaje, you know exactly what you're going to get with that dude. Right, mm -hmm. you know exactly what you're going to uh, get. He's incredibly consistent. Um, he's reliable. Uh, you know, great teammate guy. Outstanding to see him going there and getting that opportunity. And then Baker, here's a chance. Right, uh, not going to break the bank, making half of what Ben Powers is going to make this year. But it's a great opportunity. You go down there, you solidify yourself, earn the starting job, uh, win some football games. Who knows what might happen. Yep, it's a prove-it year for Baker down yep. in Tampa. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? I have to go with OU softball. 
uh, big game Tuesday night, Florida State, number six, Florida State, coming to town. Uh, they're really solid, and they gave OU a run for their money. Oklahoma had to come from behind. 5-4 victory. Jordy Ball had to come in with a little bit of relief action. I think it was, what, the fourth inning. I think Oklahoma re- regained the lead at 5-4 to four and held on from that point on, but uh, it was tough. Florida State pushed them, and they've had a They've had and will continue to have a really, really good non-conference schedule. So, sellout crowd, place was packed. Um, it just makes me uh, super excited for whenever they get that new venue, man. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and, you know, a nice little kind – of, I don't know if rivalry is the right word, but ever since the Danny Cannell tweet, right, it feels like OU and Florida State softball have a little uh, little friction when they meet. Yeah. Yeah, and which is you know, fun. That's good. That's good. Like that's what we need. We need, we need more friction out there, right? These, uh, especially whenever you're talking about Oklahoma, I think it's like twenty-two and one now, and I think Florida State's got maybe three or four losses on the year, like twenty, twenty and four, something like that. So you're talking about these high-level teams, and anytime you can add any bit of uh, fireworks to it with some uh, some trash talk, I just. It just gives you more to to talk about, man. Good stuff. That's the stuff, and and I love that. It's, Patty wants that team to get tested, man. Yeah, and, and because Big Twelve softball is not now other than you know Oklahoma State and Texas. You know they mm-hmm. they've got some good teams in there, but it's it's not the SEC. So she she wants to make sure that they get tested in the non conference stuff. So nice win. All right, who do you have as your loser of the week? I, you know, this happens to me all the time. I'm not sure who to classify necessarily as the loser um, on this one. Is it the PGA? Is it the professional golfers? Is it the fans? I don't know, but it sounds like the PGA is going to move forward with um, taking a little bit of pop out of the golf balls that they play in select tournaments like i'm not sure what tournament it's going to be but it seems like the powers that be have deemed 317 yards as the um the real absolute length that they would like players to play at and they're going to regulate the golf balls and the guys that hit it incredibly long are not going to have that edge anymore i don't know why they're doing this um like dechambeau right whenever he was hitting it as far as he was you know swinging out of his shoes and just blistering the ball all in all it didn't amount to much for him right yeah i I don't know how much he ended up uh gaining strokes on the field or if he even did uh like if he all of a sudden started winning every single tournament and no one else could catch him you may have a problem on your hands, but I think it's really weird. I found this interesting. I was watching a tailor-made thing the other day where they were all of the tailor-made team were hitting drives. And Tiger Woods was hitting the the new driver. Guess how far he was hitting it, Gabe? 317 yards. Huh. So, you know, I think the they may see that the youth is maybe running off and leaving some of the stars 
and maybe this is a way to keep some of those stars a little bit more competitive for a little longer. I don't know. I don't know any other reason they would do it. Yeah, the the only thing I can think of is they they just don't want to have to make like 8,000-yard golf courses. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. We're running out of real estate. Yeah, it's basically, hey, we're running out of space at some of these places with how good the equipment and the golf balls are and how good these guys are rotate, man. I mean, the, the swing speeds, all that, it's insane. But I, I don't think I'm really going to care if they deaden the golf ball a little bit. I, it's not going to change how I watch the sport at all. And the one thing... And correct me if I'm wrong, but they're going to change the golf ball for everyone. So won't the guys that are shorter hitters just want it just be a percentage thing where they're hitting a little shorter or is it they can dial the golf so. ball in to where it's like 317 is as far as that thing's going no matter what? I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I think there, I think there's like a, it's like a compression thing. So I don't think that it hurts you until you're hitting it past that point. Gotcha. But football guy talking golf balls. Okay. Take <laughs> football that for guys what talking physics. <laughs> yeah. Take that, for, take that for what it's worth. I'm not exactly sure on that, but I think that may be the case or else like, what are we really accomplishing? Yeah. Right, so I don't know. Just so the USGA knows. The guys are just gonna swing harder. I know. They're just right. gonna learn to they're just gonna learn to hit it hard. Like and I because I assume there's like a certain club head speed, swing speed, like all that stuff where they are predicting what this ball is gonna do. Now, I'm just going down a physics rabbit hole. It's been a long time since I've done a physics problem, been since college. So I don't I don't remember all of it, but Usually when you change something, the best in the sport find a way to make the change yeah, a little irrelevant. Adapt, right? Adapt. Right. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we won't even notice. Maybe we won't care. Maybe we'll love it because, like I said, some of the, the guys that maybe can't just rip at 350 are able to compete a little bit more, makes the top uh, you know, way more competitive. So I, I don't know, but there's some players on the course that have, dedicated a lot of time and effort and energy into hitting the ball really far. They're not happy about it. And I get that. I totally get that. All right, let's get to my winner and loser. But first John Vance auto group has been serving Oklahomans for 40 years, family owned and operated. They got nine full service dealerships in Woodward, Miami and Guthrie. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way, which is why they have their lifetime loyalty program. And here's how it works. You buy a new or used car from them. All you have to do is get all of the manufacturer-recommended maintenance done at the Vance dealership And if something goes wrong with the components of your engine, transmission, drive, axle, or transfer unit, they will cover the repair costs. It's a great deal. You can browse their entire inventory or find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. 
And First Fidelity Bank did not lose all of its people, all of their money this week. How about that? <laughs> that's, that's Shockingly, that's a great sign. It's a great sign. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all, whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone. Everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. I just know someone's going to be like, well, actually, Gabe, the FDIC, they've, they're going to step it. Yeah, I know. I can read. I can read. I'm not, I'm not that dumb, but good people at First Fidelity Bank. How about that? All right. For my winner of the week, thought about going with Ole Miss. Now, I realize that people aren't going to be able to look at Chris Beard the same ever. Right with the domestic assault allegations, with those charges that were brought against him, that remember they they got dropped, and uh, it, it, and it was a charge that was dropped because the victim wanted it dropped. Right from everything I can gather, like that's that's how that whole thing pretty much played out. But if you just remove that, and I know it's really really hard to remove that with him now because we're all going to view him differently moving forward, but. The damage is done to his reputation. He's got to live with that. But if you're Ole Miss, you just landed the best basketball coach in the history of the school. Yeah. And once again, you don't have to cheer for him. You don't have to hope he does well. But the guy took Texas Tech to the national championship game. And they probably they probably should have won it. I mean, yeah. he has proven that he knows how to assemble a team and win games. I know that it was, it's a very, it feels like a very polarizing hire when you look at the media reaction to it. You look at social media and how people reacted to it, but winning can make a lot of things disappear. Like it just makes people forget about stuff. And if you're an old Miss fan, you're looking at this going, well, it seems like he's going to win a lot of games. Once again, don't have to think he's a good dude, don't have to forget the charges that were brought against him, but I that they got dropped and he's the head coach at Ole Miss. And I assume that fan base is very excited. I guess if you're an Ole Miss fan, here's what you have to hope. You have to hope that, and I don't know, do you know what the final numbers were? I didn't him? see a contract. Like I didn't see a figure, but I, I'd be I guarantee you they're paying him. I know they're going to be painted well, but I'd be shocked if it was anything like the contract he had at Texas, right? I agree with that. So I guess what I'm saying is if you're an Ole Miss fan or maybe just a basketball fan in general or just a person in general, maybe you have to hope that Chris Beard recognizes what a massive mistake he made and – Ole Miss is getting the best version of Chris Beard, like whatever that is, like knowing that he has to be better in whatever different parts of his life. And that's all going to carry forward. It, that's really all that you can hope, right? Guy made a huge mistake, cost him a ton of money at Texas. Now I know he's getting another, it's going to be a nice contract at Ole Miss, but. And he's getting know, another opportunity right away. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess 
that's what you have to hope for, right? Is that he learned a lesson here and he's going to be better. And, you know, you're going to get the best version of him, I guess. That's, that's the thing you have to hope for. Yeah, no, I, and hopefully, I don't know, maybe this isn't the best way to put it, but like, hopefully he does his penance. Uh, You know, I think it goes a long way when someone goes through an incident like this and then does some work, like talking about, you know, does some work with some organizations that handle people that have been victims of domestic violence, like that type of stuff. And maybe, maybe none of those organizations want, want him involved, but I I do think, I, I think putting the effort to do something like that would go a long way with a lot of people. When it, yeah. when it comes to his reputation and how people feel about him. Well, you know, I, I think that he just – just think that he needs to just handle himself like you would expect a Division One basketball coach, right? And I think if he's, if he's humble in that, if he recognizes it and is better moving forward, I think then we'll just look at this as a bad episode in, in Chris Beard's life. But, you know, there is also the chance where he says, you guys can't touch me, right? Look what happened. I'm back. I'm going to go prove it to everyone. And there's been no change in in the demeanor at all, which, you know, sometimes that when people get off and and I don't know if we want to say he got, like, call it whatever you want, but sometimes there, there aren't lessons learned if you're able to bounce back so quickly. Yeah, I hear you. We'll we'll see. But my winner of the week, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So went and watched the Thunder beat the Nets on Tuesday night. The squad has now won three in a row. They've won six of seven, Ted. Let's go. And let me tell you right now, there's some juice in the Paycom Center Tuesday night. Some juice. That's what we want. A few more fans starting to trickle in, fill those seats. Noise levels, crank it up, baby. It's starting to feel a little familiar in there, and uh, you love to see it. Man, Thunder were great in the second half of that game, especially in the third quarter. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, very good at basketball. And I'll say, like, I know some people think he's uh, – some people that are saying, you know, some of the national people are saying, oh, is the ab injury real? Man, he dove on the ball. He dove on the ball when it was on the floor. And like got up and he was down there fighting for it. And it was a jump ball situation. He got up and he was holding something mm-hmm. like in his side or like around his ribs. So I, I do, he's playing through something, but he also, he missed as many shots around the rim as I can remember him missing. <laughs> and he still scored 35. <laughs> like it was the guy is an absolute baller, man. I mean, he's an absolute baller. And then is there any Jalen Williams stock left that I can purchase? I think I bought as much as I can. Well, if the dude if they, is incredible, dude. If they make the playoffs or the play-in game, I think they're reissuing uh, another round there for for the uh, to drive some some uh, some additional revenue there. So yeah, there's going to be another round of of stock purchases going on. Yeah, twenty three and ten for Jalen Williams, and, and just being down there and watching him up close, that guy is playing with a. Just an unbelievable amount of confidence, and when he gets down the downhill with the basketball in his hand, 
I mean, with his length and athleticism, everyone wants to talk about the dunks, but like just his, his first step, putting it on the deck. And when he's catching it going downhill, dude, I mean, he is tough, tough, tough. And especially in the regular season where like, when you've got a guy that's as athletic as he is, and we've seen this for a long time. Whenever he goes to the hole, everyone is like, not on me. <laughs> right? And ducking out. Nope. But you know, those those plays get more and more difficult as the games mean more and more. But the gosh, thing he's... about him though is he's like he's physically strong. Mm-hmm. Like remember, he was an older guy coming out of Santa Clara. Like he's an older rookie. He's not a 19-year-old kid. Right. Like, and that's the thing that stands out. Like his strength and being able to play through contact. And, and not being bothered by the level of physicality on the court. Like that's that, who knows what happens in these last couple games, but dude, he's got a legitimate argument to be rookie of the year. I mean, legitimate. Crazy. Impressive. Paolo and Orlando, they ain't winning anything. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's he, he is, he's making a push. That's for damn sure. Uh, Dort, he should go six for 11 from three every night. That would be very Ooh. helpful. My goodness. What, he hit like five in the third quarter? Yeah. Um, you know, he is the three and D guy that the Thunder fans have been asking for for a long time. It, I mean, I'm saying like, if if you can hit some, be up around that high 30, 40% number and play the defense that he does, that'd take this team a long way. And and don't worry, I, I fixed Josh Giddy last night. Ted, he was not shooting the ball well, not sh- and he was visibly frustrated. I gave him the oh hey, next one's going in, Josh. <laughs> he ends up hitting his last three or four shots of the game, and I was like, I totally that was totally me, all me, yeah. all me. Yeah, but tell, hey, keep that elbow in, you're fine. It's like you got it, man. You know, you're frustrated. Hey, next one's going in, Josh, and. Ends up with the triple double. He continues to impress, but Thunder currently the eight seed in the West, man. Yeah. Well, technically a three way tie with the Mavs and Lakers, but the eight seed and hey, Luca and Kyrie keep missing games for the Mavs. LeBron is out for who knows how long with the Lakers. I, I'm trying not to get too excited, but I'm starting to sense we we could be getting some playoff basketball in Oklahoma City, buddy. We we could. I'm just saying we could. So I'm I'm trying to stay uh stay level headed about things. But this it's fun, man. It's really fun. I I agree. And you know, just like we talked about, I think they are. I think they've got a good enough base. I think it's more important for this young team to go play some games with with everything really on the line. Yep. And and like right now, these games are starting to mean something and they're performing and I'm sure they're getting a little bit of a attitude in the locker room and some energy and, and excitement and seeing that place come alive, you know? So I think that's way more important than, and I know a couple of slots in the, in the, in the draft could end up being everything, right? If you, if you're eight instead of seven and, Michael Jordan goes number seven, the future Michael. You know, I understand that that could always, you know, be the ultimate thing. But at this point, I just don't – I think it's more important for this team to start, you know, 
locking in on on playing some really tough gritty games that that mean something absolutely man i could not agree more let's go all right for my loser of the week thought about going with the memphis grizzlies man the john morant situation now very glad that he is getting the help that he feels he needs but when you're star player, when when you're the two seed in the West, and I know they've won a couple of games in a row without him, but when you're the two seed in the West and you're thinking, hey, maybe we could go to the conference finals this season. Hey, who knows? Maybe we could go to the finals. And your best player is checking into a counseling facility in Florida in the middle of March, and you got no timetable for his return. It's just a it's a bad situation, man. It's a bad situation there in Memphis. Well, it is. Um I, we may enter a deflationary period in the economy, though, because the amount of uh, cash they had to inject into the system for his strip club uh, ventures, my goodness. That photo is <laughs> something. First of I, all, I don't know. What was it? Shotgun Willies? <laughs> do, yes. do they just never want a big spender to come there ever again well that seems very detrimental to your business model to be releasing photos like that and i don't know who did it i but i know that well i guarantee they got paid for those photos there's no doubt but but the point is relevant yes i think i mean it's almost did they not just kill their business I don't know. Is it weird it, that that was my first thought seeing the strip club photos? I wasn't worried about First of all, the first thought is, wow, look at all that cash. That's amazing. And then I the second like, thought was, why would they do that? What? No amount of money from TMZ or whoever. I think like John they, Morant's never going there again. I think they feel strongly about their product. <laughs> and I I think that there's there's also a group that saw that and was like, I know where we're going tonight, you know? So I don't know. I don't know how to take it, honestly. But you would think the uh, high net worth individuals are uh, maybe a little skeptical of the establishment now. I I will say this. In my, in my NFL days, I was able to gather some information from some of the higher profile players that, that I was teammates with. Ja? You want to keep doing that? Just fly them in and have them come to the house, man. You there's got the money to do it, that, right? Just fly them in. There's there there won't be any cameras, and you won't have to worry about. It. Just bring everyone to the house. That's that's what I was able to gather from uh, well, from some of the him, franchise type players that I was around. For him, much cheaper in the long run. Correct that way. Yes, <laughs> yes. All right, but for my loser of the week, I, I'm going with the New York Jets, man. And it's it it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it'll happen here uh, right after we get done recording. But Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet, right? He's going to be a Jet. But this whole wish list before I sign, like it, what was it? It's and Diana Rossini reported that he's that he has provided the Jets with a wish list of free agents, what Randall Cobb, who's like my age, Alan Lazard. Now they already signed Alan Lazard, gave him, gave him a solid contract and he was good. 
last year for the Packers, but Mercedes Lewis is like 38 or 39. Odell Beckham Jr., I, when's the last time we saw him on a field? I, are these the guys that are going to get them over the hump of the AFC East? I just, I, I don't know, man. I, this whole thing is starting to feel like it's got disaster written all over it for me. Well, here's here's the the benefit. I for most of these guys, they're not going to cost hardly anything. Um, but they cost you a roster spot. That's true. That's true. Um I don't know. I if, if the if the offensive line is healthy and they're good on the offensive line, they've got some good players there. You give him whoever he wants. Uh, you want Randall? Like I don't. I think that part matters less. But I, if he's in the locker room with just a bunch of his buds, like that's kind of really what you got to worry about, right? Is that this is just screw around time? You know, it's just straight. We just don't yeah. see it, right? I mean, the guy's not even on the team yet. He's like, this is who I want. And I guess with what the Jets went through with their quarterback position last year, they're probably like, hey, man, whatever you want. But I bet whenever he was like, I've got a list of free agents that I'm not coming unless you you sign. I bet they're like, oh, my God, this is going to be brutal. And then it's like, Randall Cobb. (laughs) They're like, deal. Okay. Oh, yeah, we can handle that. But I don't know. Uh, what is he, like 40? And I know, hey, the way that Tom Brady has played over these last four or five years, it's kind of just changed everyone's thinking about what yeah. quarterbacks are capable of in, in that age range. But I don't know, man. It just it feels off to me. I'll tell you this. If they can protect him, he will absolutely slice up the league if they can protect him. If they can't protect him, he will become very average very quickly. He can't move like he used to. Like He used to be able to move and get outside. and He can still do some of that, but n- not anywhere like he could before. But if you give him the pocket, he will slice him up. He can sling it. But, I mean, you look at Buffalo – I just, I'm skeptical. I'm I'm a little skeptical. Just a Why little would bit. you be skeptical of the Jets? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like you bring it in this dude. He's like, I want this. And oh yeah, can I get like an ayahuasca hut in the facility also? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like a legit sauna. Not not a none of this uh sauna with the oven in it. I want the legit stones and a fire. Yeah. I want to go on a spiritual journey. <laughs> oh, on that note, episode 300 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Sunday. Shane Beamer, the head coach of the South yeah. Carolina Gamecocks, will join us. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have an awesome week. Have a great weekend. Until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Well, you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other.
for just one more time.